Get dad what every dad wants for Father's Day. Lowe's. With items like Craftsman 20-volt drills starting at $59. And up to 40% off select Cobalt 40-volt max outdoor power equipment. This Father's Day, let dad loose at Lowe's. Home to any budget, home to any possibility. While supplies last, Craftsman offer valid 610 through 84. Selection varies by location. Price shown, flex discount. Cobalt offer valid 610 through 623, U.S. only. The Oracle Look deeper. Due to the mature content of this program, listener discretion is advised. Thanks for tuning back into the Depth of Darkness, the podcast that dives deep into all things dark and wrong in this world. We're your hosts, I'm Mandy. And I'm retired Major Hugh Jass, coming at you in your face. Now that was juicy. That was a bit pushy. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Welcome back. (laughs) Good morning. So today we wanted to go a little bit more lighthearted compared to last week's episode, because let's be honest... Last week was a doozy. Yes, it was. And uh, it definitely left some mental scarring on my end, to say the least. All the research and the horrifying, the things the kids were talking about was just god awful. Whether or not it was real or, you know, coached. If you guys haven't listened to it, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But go listen to that episode from last week Mm -hmm. about the Hampstead sex cult. It'll blow your mind in all the wrong ways. Pretty strange stuff. Yeah, it's it's demented, but we got to cover this stuff because stuff like that does happen. So whether or not it actually happened, either way, the kids were abused. So go listen to it if you haven't already. But welcome, welcome back. If you're back, welcome. <laughs> if it's your first time tuning in, welcome to you too. Uh, but <laughs> hi, today we'll be discussing something much less horrifying, but it still makes you question how you know things like this actually happen. Like, why does this stuff happen? So without further ado. Let's dive deep into the unluckiest people in history. So for this episode, we'll be referencing an article titled 18 Unluckiest People in History Who Had It Worse Than You. Damn it. And this was written this was written by Unbelievable Facts and it was taken from, believe it or not, unbelievable-facts.com. Yes. <laughs> slash 2016/11/unluckiest slash slash Sla- uh, hyphen people hyphen in hyphen history <laughs> dot html f you yeah. <laughs> want to spell it out yeah coincidence or fate no matter which one you believe in can sometimes defy imagination and turn someone's life into something that makes fictional stories look more realistic 
A few of the accounts we've listed below about some of the unluckiest people in history are sad, while others are funny and absurd. But either absurd. way, they are bound to make you think you have it much better than they ever did. Damn in other straight. words, we're better than them. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, Adolf Sachs. That's S-A-X, people. Sachs. The inventor of saxophone had a three-story fall on his head <laughs> on a stone drank a bowl of vitriolized water, was burnt in gunpowder explosion, fell onto a hot cast iron frying pan, was poisoned and suffocated by the varnish in his own bedroom, was hit on the head by cobblestone, and almost drowned in a river. Damn! What a guy. <laughs> yeah, he had it great. Yeah. Great. Anyways, Adolf Sachs' parents were musical instrument designers, something he learned and started working on at an early age. He had great success in inventing and designing instruments, and he is the inventor of the saxophone. However, his childhood was filled with many near-death experiences, earning him the nickname Little Sax the Ghost among his neighbors. He was also driven to bankruptcy twice, suffered from lip cancer and recovered from it, and died in complete poverty despite his success. Ah, well, the poverty part, that's sad. Because he, he deserved riches, because the saxophone's one of the most beloved of instruments. Yes, in the right hands, yes. or lips, it's, <laughs> it's a decent contraption. Yeah, it can make pretty music. All right, number two. A man named Walter Summerford was struck by lightning three times in his life. Four years after his death, his gravestone, his gravestone was struck by lightning as well. I've heard of this one before, so I'm, I'm glad it's included. Walter Summerford was a sportsman, a fact that increased his chances of being hit by lightning, which apparently happened three times in his lifetime. I don't know how that has an impact on that. Because know. he's outside? I don't know. Maybe he's out on open water or something? I don't know. Maybe, Yeah, maybe. His record was beaten by another man, Roy Sullivan, who was struck by lightning seven times during his lifetime. However, what makes Summerford special is that in 1916, four years after his death, his gravestone was struck as well, making it a fourth time. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Sounds, sounds like God was trying to get his attention. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number three. One of the co-founders of Apple, Ronald Wayne, sold his 10% stakes for $800 and left because he found it hard to work with Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. Had yeah. he stayed on, he would be worth $35 billion now. <laughs> that poor, poor, unfortunate man. <laughs> yeah, they got a picture of the schmuck on there, I guess. <laughs> when he was 42, Ronald Wayne co-founded Apple along with Steve Jobs and Stephen Wozniak and even drew the first Apple logo. But Wayne felt that he couldn't cope with Jobs' dark side. He felt mm. that Jobs was manipulative, stubborn about his decisions, and very bent getting where he wants to. However, he said that he doesn't regret his decision and that it allowed him to pursue his interests. Basically, I'm assuming that's with a cup on the corner. The what? Begging. Oh, uh, Yeah. Yes, to yeah. pursue his interest. Gotcha. I, I, like, had a blank stare at first. I'm like, what? what? Cup on the corner. <laughs> yeah. Eh. All right, number four. A woman named Jean Rogers slipped off a ship's deck into the water, and when a friend ran to help, she slipped as well, knocking herself unconscious. She was also struck by lightning twice, almost got strangled to death by her husband. Oh. Mugged, had a bat stuck in her hair... 
Oh, okay. I was reading that as a baseball bat. A bat isn't an animal. Okay. Yeah. Had a bat stuck in her hair with the neighbors only screaming instead of helping and accidentally pulled down the pants of Fred Rogers of the children's show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Accidentally. Yeah. What are you trying to do, lady? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The bat stuck in her hair. That's kind of odd. That makes me yeah. think of, once again, The Office, where there's a bat, like, flying wild in the office and it gets stuck in meredith's hair and dwight comes over and throws a bag over her head and she's like screaming yeah yeah that's it i always Wait, he, he back was in. always there to help <laughs> yeah in 1967, Jean Rogers was on a cruise with her friend trying to take pictures by the rails on a rainy day when the unfortunate drowning incident happened Again, in 1971, when she was struck by lightning, her shoes were blown off. A small hole was burned in her ankle, her pantyhose melted on her legs, and the nerve damage was so severe that she found herself unable to wear shoes. Two years later, she was struck by another bolt of lightning because of a metal bracelet she was wearing. In 1981, her husband came home drunk and tried to strangle her to death. Later, while she was swimming at the Hartford, Connecticut... Is that, is that the name of the river? <laughs> I do believe they just misspelled that, some words there. Yeah, That threw me off. Seem right. I swear I'm not illiterate. Swimming in Hartford, yeah, Connecticut is where I probably in. go. Yes. Swimming in the Hartford, Connecticut, she heard an announcement for quote-unquote Rogers. Then, while leaving the swimming pool to go to the front desk, she inadvertently pulled down the pants of Fred Rogers, who was also there. How do you just pull somebody's pants down? I don't know. That seems pretty strange. All righty. Pretty strange explanation, too. <laughs> Just All right. a little. Num- number five. In 2001, a couple from England, Jason and Jenny Cairns Lawrence, went on a holiday to New York when the World Trade Center was attacked. Later, on July 7, 2005, they went on another holiday to London when four British suicide bombers attacked the underground bus network. Again, in 2008, they were in Mumbai when the city was attacked by terrorists on the night of November 26th. Oh, I heard of this couple. That's so they're unfortunate. Just, yeah, they're just, uh, they're like <laughs> Schlepprock from the Flintstones or something. Yeah. The couple became famous or infamous for the bizarre way their vacations coincided with terrorist attacks when a reporter from DNA newspaper first reported his conversation. Their recent vacation was in Mumbai, and they were staying in the Kalaba area when the attacks that killed nearly 180 people happened. The death toll for 9-11 was over 3,000 people, while the London attacks had 52 deaths and 700 people were injured. That's really unfortunate. Number six. On December 22, 2011, a man named Kostas Mististakis. I'm so sorry. Is that a Greek name? Mitsotakis. Mitsotakis. Yeah, Mitsotakis. (laughs) Suck at this. I suck. Um, Became the only person not to win the lottery in a town of 250 people who won at least 83 pounds for each ticket. So I'm assuming, what is he? He's from uh, Britain. Yeah. With a total of 600 million pounds because he forgot to buy a four four pound ticket. So four dollar ticket. That sucks. Yeah. Everybody else in his town won except for him. Aww. Yeah, okay. That's sad. Oh, there's more. I keep forgetting there's more blurbs <laughs> under each of these. Yeah. The Greek... Okay, he was Greek. The Greek filmmaker... Costas Mististakis became the only man in the small Spanish town, Sedeto, not to win the Christmas mega draw called El Gordo or the Big Fat One. Giggity. Yeah. 
There were 1,800 winning tickets that year, with each ticket costing around 16 pounds, but subdivided into four participations costing four pounds each. The residents of the town bought a ticket bearing the first prize winning number, 58,268. Of the total 600 million pounds, the town won 100 million pounds, with some people winning 83,000 pounds. After buying a single share, while some others who bought more than one won millions. What a what a nice thing to have. Yeah, all these numbers were really confusing my brain. <laughs> yeah, it is strange looking. Yeah, it hurts my brain. It's not so easy, people. No, don't judge me. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go with number seven. A Thai woman accidentally slipped in farmyard mud, grabbed a live wire, and got killed. Later, when her sister was showing the neighbors how it happened, she slipped, grabbed the live wire, and was killed. That's unfortunate. I think they call that kismet. Yukit Payan, 57, from Ang Fong, a rural area 60 miles from the city of Bangkok, after <laughs> slipping in mud, attempted to save herself by falling... From, from a fall by grabbing a live wire which electrocuted and killed her. Later on the same day, her sister, Yukit Pan, 52, died in the exact same manner while showing a neighbor how her sister died. Ha! Imagine that. That sucks. And I wasn't laughing yeah. at the, the you know situation. I'm laughing at the names. Something with thong oh. and cock in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would suggest that perhaps they might have committed suicide with those names. Yeah, the names of the places where they live. Yukit Pen and Yukit Pan. They do have the same name. Yeah. Okay. One looks like almost like Peon, but it's not. <laughs> okay. Different culture. We're not from there, so we yeah. apologize. All right. Word. Number eight. During World War II, Canadian soldier George Lauren Price was shot by a German sniper and died only two minutes before the armistice ceasefire that came into effect and ended the war. Their little blurb here, I didn't forget it this time. On November 11th, 1918, the 28th Battalion was securing all the bridges on Canal du Centre between Frameries and the village of Havre in Belgium uh-huh. starting at 4 a.m. by 9... Village of Havre. Havre, Yes. I said Havre, trying to be fancy, I'm sorry. Close enough. By 9 a.m., the battalion received a message stating that all hostilities would cease by 11 a.m. However, Price and another soldier thought that their position on the open canal bank was too exposed to the houses on the opposite bank that had bricks knocked out to create firing positions. Therefore, they made a five-men patrol to search the houses, and then they discovered that there were German soldiers hiding with machine guns. The Canadians followed the Germans, who began to retreat when they found out that they were outflanked when one of the snipers shot Price, fatally wounding him. He died at 10.58 a.m., two minutes before the armistice ceasefire. That is unfortunate. Yeah. History. Dumbass. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In 1938, a Korean soldier, Yang Kyung-yang, was condemned scripted into Japanese army and sent to fight against the Soviet Union. In 1942, after being captured by the Soviet Red Army, he was again sent to the fight to fight. I'm having the same problem. <laughs> Tongue twisters. He was again sent to fight the Nazi, the Nazi Germany. Yes. <laughs> As part of Red Army. Okay, we're not the ones writing this, people, but yeah. they're like missing words and added words and all sorts of shit. I like going how on they're here. saying the Nazi Germany, like all Germans are yeah, Nazi. Yeah, the Nazi Germany, like the, you know, like the Ohio State <laughs> I'm German, University or something like and that. And I don't think I'm a Nazi, so. Where are you from? I'm from the Nazi Germany. 
<laughs> nice to meet you. In 1943, he was captured by the Nazis, sent to fight in Normandy, and was finally captured by the U.S. Army, where he was immediately slapped around. Yes. During the time when Korea was ruled by Japan, Kyongyang was a Korean soldier sent to fight against the Soviet Union as part of the Kwantung Army of the Imperial Japanese Army. When he was captured by the Red Army, he was sent to a labor camp. But because of the manpower shortages faced by the Soviets when they were fighting against the Nazi Germany, the Nazi Germany, mm -hmm. thousands of prisoners among whom Kyongyang were forced to fight in the Army Red Army. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, that makes no sense whatsoever. The same happened again when he was captured by Wehrmacht soldiers and was sent to occupied France to join a battalion of Soviet prisoners of war called Eastern Battalion in Normandy. After the deed, after the D-Day, they did it again. Yeah. He was captured by the paratroopers of the United States Army, sent to prison camp in Britain, and then transferred to another camp in the United States where he was settled after being released when the war ended. Yeah, I, ho I hope this article isn't making us sound like uh, Jesus. dirt. <laughs> There's going to be a problem here if this keeps happening. Just my saying. brain is... Mandy, over to you. Ma my brain's hurting already here, Hugh. All right, number yeah. 10. A man named... Uh, damn it. I can't say these names. <laughs> How the hell do you pronounce Adam these? Adam Dell. Adam Dell Salem. Ooh, I like his last name. Atabel Salem yeah. spent five months in prison, unaware that his bail only cost $2. First off, Dumbass. how the hell does a bail only cost two bucks? That's what I want to yeah, know. Yeah, that's pretty stupid. Yeah. And how did he not know it? Did his uh, lawyer not inform him? Did the court I... not inform him? <laughs> he was probably high or something. Who knows? But okay, according yeah. to this, Aitabdel Salem was initially jailed on $25,000 bail for allegedly attacking a police officer who arrested him for shoplifting at a store. The judge also ordered a $1 bail for two other minor charges of tampering and mischief. Salem should have been able to leave when the prosecutors failed to get an indictment <laughs> on the assault charge. Close. However, according to Salem, his first lawyer did not explain the change in his bail status, which led him to spend five months in prison. Okay, so that's like what I said, you know. Did his lawyer not yeah. inform him? Obviously, the lawyer didn't. And you know what happened the moment Salem found out, right? Son of a Bitch! <laughs> yeah. Bastards! I lost. I lost five months of my life. You son of a bitch! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that accent came from, but take it. Number eleven. In two thousand one, a woman kept her one point three million lottery winnings a secret from her estranged husband to avoid giving half of it in the divorce settlement, which he found out about a year and a half later. For violating family code statute by falsifying data about the property, the judge ordered 100% of the winnings to go to the husband. What? I'm sorry, that's Thomas wrong. Rossi, the husband of <laughs> Denise Rossi, found out about the money when a letter was sent to his address in her name, asking if she was interested in a lump sum buyout of her lottery winnings. Oh, no. It was also revealed that she filed for divorce in less than a month after winning. <laughs> she consulted with the state lottery commission regarding how she could keep her husband away from the prize. She also used her mother's address for annual checks and other correspondence from the lottery officials. Mm. When it was found out, she claimed that she pulled out before her group of colleagues won $6.68 million and that she was only given a separate property gift. Nah. Okay, I'm not sure what that has to do with anything, but there it is. I still don't think that's right. I don't think that's no. right that the court gave him all the winnings. It wasn't his. No. She paid no. for it. It's hers. The hell? I'm sorry. That's unjust. Yeah. All right.
Number 12. In 1954, a woman named Ann Hodges became the only known person to have been hit by a meteorite. Ah. Oh. <laughs> She was napping on her couch in her home when the rock broke through the ceiling, bounced off the radio, and hit her hip. Well, that's not fun. Lucky. That's, like, super unfortunate and super unlikely. On a clear afternoon in late November 1954, a meteorite at the the side... See? These people don't know how to write a damn article. God. I'm getting angry. (laughs) On a clear afternoon in late November 1954, a meteorite the size of a softball broke through the ceiling, giving Ann Hodges a pineapple-shaped bruise on her hip. According to Michael Reynolds, a Florida State College astronomer, such incident is extremely rare, as most meteors usually fall into the ocean or strike remote places on Earth, and there is a better chance of being hit by a tornado, a bolt of lightning, and a hurricane at the same time than being hit by a meteorite. Yeah, she's pretty unlucky. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Agreed. Yes. That's awful. That is bizarre. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm up for suggesting that this website be changed to unbelievablespelling.com. Yeah. Yeah. Bunch of dumbasses. In the last 50... This is number 13, incidentally. In the last 50 years, Melanie Martinez had her house destroyed four times by Hurricane Betsy, 1965, Hurricane Juan, 1985, Hurricane George, 1998, and Hurricane Katrina, 2005. After hearing her story, the reality show Hideous Homes gave her home a $20,000 remodeling, only to have it destroyed again by Hurricane Isaac in 2012. Those damn hurricanes, they got it out for. (laughs) Melanie Martinez is a Louisiana native and a school bus driver who lost her home to hurricanes five times. During the recent Hurricane Isaac, her truck broke down, her family had to huddle in the attic and watch as their home was destroyed. Probably not a good vantage point, I'm guessing. No. (laughs) However, even after the remodeled home was destroyed by the hurricane, Martinez is hesitant to move from Louisiana, saying that she was born there and that it was her home, damn it. Yeah, nobody's going to kick me out of my house. Not even these damn hurricanes. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse. All right, number 14. A man was caught cheating with another woman while his fiance was looking for an address in Street View on Russia's Yandex Maps. Kind of like Google Maps. Which, unlike Google Maps, doesn't blur the faces of the people. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> when she confronted him, he came clean and she broke up with him. That's not unfortunate. That's just, you know, that can happen. Yeah. It, it doesn't blur your face, so, you know. All right. Marina Voinova was searching for an address on Yandex Maps when she spotted someone who looked just like her fiancé. Then she zoomed into it carefully and found that it was indeed her fiancé with another woman. Her fiancé, however, admitted to the mistake and asked for her forgiveness, saying that was his stupidity, but not love for the other woman. But she broke up with him anyways. No. Shame on him. He had it coming. Yeah, get there, right? (laughs) Number 15. A man was sentenced to 30 days in jail and fined $1,500 in Oregon, USA. Oregon, USA. For filing, uh, for filling, excuse me, three reservoirs with rainwater runoff because it was owned by the state. Oh, I've heard of this. Gary Harrington from Rural Eagle Point was collecting rain and snow runoff in what the state water managers called illegal reservoirs on his property. The case was based on a 1925 state law that gave the Water Commission exclusive rights to all the water in Big Butt Creek. (laughs) (laughs) Tributaries and Big Butt Springs, which is the core of the city's municipal water supply. 
He was charged with illegal use of water, denied by a water master, unauthorized use of water, and (laughs) interfering with a lawfully established headgate or water box. His applications for permits for his reservoir were, however, denied by Big Butt. (laughs) I think I found a new town for you to move to. (laughs) Hugh Jass, where do you reside? I live in Big Butt, Oregon. (laughs) Big Butt Creek. (laughs) Keep your jokes to your damn self. (laughs) This was perfect because you read it and your name's Hugh Jass. I would have butted it anyway, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's my hometown. Big yeah. Butt Creek. Don't talk shit about Big Butt. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise you're going to get a huge ass. <laughs> yeah. How would you like some shit coming out of Big Butt? All right. I'm getting to the end here, everybody. Number Close. 16. A South Florida lifeguard was fired after leaving his post to help rescue a swimmer because he was outside the lifeguard's assigned zone. Not oh, that- my job, man. That's a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I could just see the flailing herbs. Not my job. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the lifeguard? Oh, he's on lunch. Can't you save him? Nah. Yeah. It's out of my zone. Are you zone. stupid? Yeah. Yeah. All right. The incident happened when Thomas Lopez went to assist witnesses who pulled out a drowning man along with an off-duty nurse until the paramedics arrived. Lopez was fired minutes after he filled his rescue paperwork for leaving his zone and saving someone outside the buoys on the part of the beach his company was not paid to guard. However, four other lifeguards gave notice after he was fired and the officials realized their mistake and hired him back later. I would not want to go back to them. It's like, excuse me? You'd rather just let this person drown? What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, weird asses. Number 17. A woman named Debbie Stevens donated a kidney to her ailing boss, who then fired her for taking too long to recover from the surgery. What? That's, <laughs> I that's heard just of this a before, dick yeah. boss. Dick boss. The 47-year-old mother of two children, Debbie Stevens, offered to help when she found out that her boss, Jackie Bruccia, required a kidney donor. When Bruccia's donor, a family friend, was denied, she asked Stevens if she was serious about donating, to which Stevens said yes. However, though, Stevens' kidney was a good match for Bruccia. It wasn't a perfect match and was donated to someone else in the transplant group so that Bruccia could move up the waiting list. After the surgeries, while Bruccia was still recovering at home, she called Stevens to berate her and say that people are going to think you're getting special treatment. Mm. Bruce continued to treat Stevens badly. Eventually, Stevens was demoted and transferred 50 miles from her home. Experiencing mental anguish, she consulted a psychiatrist and her lawyers wrote a letter to her company, after which she was fired. Once again, that boss's name was Jackie Brucia. What a bitch. B-R-U-C-I-A. Yeah. Like, she's, she's a total So maybe call her up bitch. and say hello or something. I don't know. Yeah, F you. <laughs> Somebody is giving a piece of their body to save your life, and then you go well, and do that crap? What the hell kind of person do right. you think you are? F you. <laughs> I was going to keep saying that. All right. Last one here, everybody. Woo, the end has come. Number 18. A man who survived the fire and sinking of a ship in 1871, leaving him emotionally scarred. 41 years later, he was finally able to overcome his fears and nightmares, deciding to sail again, only to die in the sinking of that new ship. 
Can you guess what ship it was? The Titanic! Lucky bastard. That's unfortunate. I feel so bad. Born in 1840 in Montevideo, Uruguay, Ramon Tia. Gosh, I get stuck with all these really difficult Came names to pronounce. Came from a family steeped in too many consonants. Yes. Came from a family in the history of the sea. In fact, his grandfather gave Ramon's father an oar just prior to his death with the words, knowing how to use it, you will never be hungry. Your ancestors have always survived thanks to the sea. This is your destiny. Follow it. Oh, and here's a ticket to the Titanic. Yeah. Hope you can swim. That's <laughs> awful. That's, I mean, that is unlucky, but that's just really unfortunate. He had finally overcome his fears and his, his nightmares were, you know, under wraps. And then he yeah. faces that BS. That's, that's sad. Some of these were comical. Some of them were, you know, unfortunate. Yeah. Very unfortunate, but Well, yeah. it's always nice to finish on a down note. Yeah, there's I'm, your downer of the day. I'm up for that. <laughs> there we go. That was 18 of the most unluckiest people to ever have walked this planet. That's up to this point. There was probably plenty more unlucky people that will yeah. soon be recognized in the future. Who knows? But <laughs> we can say that it appears that luck is an actual thing. <laughs> Some people are very unlucky, and it's very unfortunate. But they seem to be handed a shit hand. <laughs> Handed so a shit hand in life, and that's yep. very apparent. So if you ever feel down or unlucky, just remember these list of you know this list of people. Just remember them, and then you'll feel better. Was that about lady yourself. in big butt handed a shit hand? <laughs> Probably. I'm just just asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah. So all right, everybody. As we're approaching the end of the show, you know the end is very near. We kindly ask that you stay seated and strapped into your seats. For now, we are diving deep into those closing statements. If you really love Depth of Darkness and want to share that love with your family and friends, then be sure to like, subscribe, and share our show on all of your socials. Also, be sure to leave us a rating review on Apple iTunes to let other listeners find us more easily. We're still doing our sticker giveaway, too, so if you guys go onto iTunes or wherever else you can leave a review... Leave us a five-star review and rating, send us a screenshot of that, and then we'll be sending you your Depth of Darkness personalized sticker. Oh, yeah. And to really add the icing on the cake, if you want to help support our show even deeper, then head on over to our Patreon, The Dark Abyss, and check out our tier levels. Starting off at just a dollar a month, you'll get access to weekly bonus content, shout-outs, and Patreon-exclusive giveaways and merch. So definitely worth a looky if you want to support the dark cause. Wink, wink, wink. Dig it. <laughs> yes, check it out. And that wraps it up for today, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, bye. Bye. There's Father's Day, and then there's Father's Day at Lowe's, where Dad can experience it all. Like a Craftsman 224-piece mech set for $129. And a Blackstone griddle starter kit, including cover and accessories for $198. 
So this year, let dad loose at Lowe's. Home to any budget, home to any possibility. While supplies last, Craftsman Tool Set and Blackstone Griddle Starter Kit offer available 610 through 623, U.S. only. Get dad what every dad wants for Father's Day, Lowe's. With items like Craftsman 20-volt drills starting at $59. And up to 40% off select Cobalt 40-volt max outdoor power equipment. This Father's Day, let dad loose at Lowe's. Home to any budget, home to any possibility. While supplies last, Craftsman offer valid 610 through 84. Selection varies by location. Price shown, flex discount. Cobalt offer valid 610 through 623, U.S. only.